So you can kind of do, so whatever, do whatever you, you want. want to. I mean, it's yeah. the Wild West. I, I'm not, I, I love the Constitution. It's not a suicide pact. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to hold myself to it. The Constitution is a social compact. There are very few people and only on one side that really Correct. care about it. And so this is a little bit like, hey, dude, she left you. She's doing, she's on OnlyFans and, mm -hmm. and she's been gone for three years. She's not coming back. The, the marriage compact between the two of you is broken. Move on, brah. Yeah. Okay, that's kind of what the Constitution is at this point. It is, we we want to like hold ourselves accountable to a document that they have already shredded figuratively and literally, and so there's no way to enforce it because half of the social compact won't abide by it. So it, all your all your it's a self limiting principle. So it's it's a little bit. It's, I made the same argument about Trump and Pence. I mean, I I don't believe that Pence had the right to uphold to withhold the elect to not certify the election. Should have done it anyway because the thing was a crock. All right. I mean, I, when, when, when you violate a norm of that magnitude, for example, I don't have a right if I'm angry with you, I don't have a right as a private citizen to shoot you. Right. But when you take your grievance to, against me into my home and threaten my person and my family with it, the social compact makes an exception and says, now you do. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Because you have crossed a line here that is that is not how we are to behave with one another if we are living in community with one another. They've crossed that line like four, 666 times. times. Yeah. And we barely Ironically, cross it at all. Ironically, especially in Alvin Bragg's district, you can't really defend yourself without no. facing charges of attempted murder, which has happened multiple times there. Donald Trump was arrested this week, and he has just pled not guilty to 34 felony counts of falsifying documents. What does this really mean for the future of our country? My Blaze TV colleague, Steve Dace, and one of my favorite guests, is here to break it down for us both politically and theologically. Then he'll tell us about his new film, which I am so excited about. It's called Nefarious, and he'll talk about why this film is so important for the moment we're in. I'll give my review, too, since I saw it last night. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Good Ranchers, Go to GoodRanchers.com. Use code Allie at checkout. That's GoodRanchers.com. Code Allie. Steve Dace, thanks so much for joining us again. Anytime. You this bet. This time on the white couch. All right. Let's talk about Trump and the latest. I just want to get your full take on that and your full explanation of what happened. We haven't spent too much time, a little bit of time on two episodes talking about this. But the latest is that Trump pleads not guilty to 34 felony counts of falsifying business records. Obviously, a little bit of background. This is coming from the Manhattan DA, mm -hmm. Alvin Bragg, who apparently doesn't have any better thing to not. do no. uh, with his time. And so Trump was arrested, being indicted. What the heck? What, 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 what is going on? I mean, this is just an escalation of what we have seen over the last several years. Um, uh, I, I disagree with the idea that the arrest and indictment of Donald Trump is a new day for America's justice system. I think it is actually the the crowning achievement of what already changed in America's justice system. I mean, we saw people who went to work for him, uh, either on the campaign or on the staff at the in, in the White House. Uh, we saw open lawfare raged against them. Uh, we have seen uh, since January sixth nonviolent uh, Donald Trump supporters just remain indefinitely detained. 
Um, now they just arrested like a grandmother. Uh, I think it was last week I read. Um, uh, and so they've just been let left to rot. You know, I mean, the Mark Houck case and, uh, the guy who, you know, was trying to defend his family, the pro-life activist, and they yeah. tried to put him behind bars. Right. So this is, so they kind of worked their way up. All right. Yeah. They started with the staff and the, the support team. Then they went to the supporters and now they, they went to the big man himself. And I, I, I think that, and you know, this won't make a lot of people happy what I'm about to say, but. I'm used to that, so it hasn't deterred me before. We are, we are not a nation of laws, and we never have been. We're a nation of political will, and we always will be. I don't think anybody's analysis of the indictment, and, and a good buddy of mine is a very accomplished uh, criminal defense attorney, hardcore right-winger uh, in, in another state. I had him analyze the indictment for me yesterday while we were doing the premiere for Nefarious because I wasn't going to have time. And so I, I'll go over all that with my audience. But the reality is, and I'll only do it just because it's you know, re- the responsible thing to do, but the truth of the matter is it's irrelevant. There is no legal analysis that matters. Here's all, because this isn't a legal proceeding. It's a political one. And here's all that matters. 12% of Manhattan voted for Donald Trump in the 2024 or 2020 election. 12. It is from that pool of people that the jury was created to come up with these indictments. It is from that exact same pool of people, Allie, that the jury that will convict him later, they will, they will. This trial's already over. Doesn't, it, it, essentially, all his attorneys are doing are, are, are trying to come up with um, appeal um, rationales uh, in, in, in higher level appellate courts in the hopes that they can actually come up with, this is a sham proceeding. What are we doing here? Um, because there's just, there, it would take a miracle to find a jury in a, a pool, in that pool of people that would look at this case objectively. And I don't even think this is the first time we're going to do this. I mean, we have the case in Georgia where the jury foreman said, well, I just voted to indict because they told me I'd get to swear Donald Trump in. I mean, this is, this is hat tip Dave Reboy, late Republic nonsense. We are in the, the death throes of a civilization here. Uh, we're on the, the lip of Romans one, uh, and, and we're diving into the mouth of madness. And, this stuff is only going to get crazier as a result because we're we're in revival or bust territory. So um, there's there's a lot of people in our business today that are going to make a, a gazillion bucks on clicks singing the siren song to our audience that this will clinch a landslide election for Donald right. Trump in 2024. And they're going to tell you that the very day after last night in a must-win state, Wisconsin. Yeah. They put a George Soros acolyte on the state Supreme mm-hmm. Court yeah. by popular vote. Yeah. By popular vote. Yeah. And so, I, I, you know, my, my affliction is I like living in this place called reality. I, I, I need to know what is true, even if it's not comfortable for me, even if it's not the truth that I would like. Um, it's not the truth that I would prefer. Um, I would just always rather, to, rather know what is true rather than what is deception. Mm-hmm. And I, I think on the right, you know, you are last night, Donald Trump's campaign team is selling T-shirts with his mugshot. Right. On the other side, they're putting a, a, a you know, a Soros uh, exactly. acolyte on the state Supreme Court. Yeah. That is a perfect snapshot of, of, of the last 30 years of the Democrat-Republican duopoly. Yeah. Republicans are an industry. Yeah. Democrats are a movement. And throughout history, movements always crush industries mm-hmm. because they have the true conviction. They have a motivation beyond, hey, yeah. what's just a, a bottom line outcome that is favorable to me? Yeah. The side that wants to win will always be the side that mm-hmm. just wants to get along mm-hmm. or the side that just wants to be left alone or the side that wants to just sell T-shirts. Mm-hmm. And I that's a perfect transition because that's exactly what I wanted to talk to you about. 
Um, Janet, let's see if I can get this right. Protus, uh, Protusiewicz, Protusiewicz, I think that's her last Better name. Better you than me. <laughs> Something, but she is Soros-backed, and she's had a lot of radical agenda items on her list, like getting rid of voter ID. This is obviously big for the abortion issue. Mm-hmm. Wisconsin is a swing state. Mm-hmm. And so you're right. I've seen all of these, um, you know, Donald Trump supporters, and that's not to say that I'm not a supporter in my own way, but, you know, the ride-or-die MAGA people saying, wow, you know, it's actually because the opponent in Wisconsin, Dan Kelly, wasn't MAGA enough. Mm-hmm. He didn't kiss the ring of Trump enough. It's because he wasn't Trumpian enough. And that's why this radical Soros back, backed woman won. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense it to me. It doesn't make any it's sense. It's like they're living in an alternate reality. And I said this and I knew that I would get some pushback on it on YouTube and then on Twitter yesterday. But just in talking to my audience and the demographic that I represent, so say Christian Republican voting women ages 25 to 45, when I'm talking to them, which is a lot about what do you care about? What do you want me to talk about? What are you worried about? What are you concerned about? Just to be honest, and I'm not saying that this is right or wrong, it's not Trump. It's actually not Trump's indictment. And that's Mm -hmm. not to say it's not a big deal. Mm -hmm. But they're still just worried about the things that affect their kids, that affect them, this culture war stuff. The left understands that about their Mm -hmm. people. That's why they're constantly waging the culture war, the moral war, the sexual war. They're not worried about that at all. They're out there winning elections, like you said, that champion their culture war issues. Whereas the right... I mean, I think a lot of times they feel like the people in power, like they don't really have a champion. They don't have anyone that is truly connected to their concerns. And Trump being indicted to them, it doesn't move the needle in the direction of voting for him Mm -hmm. in the next election. It really doesn't because they're looking for a champion. They might have liked him, Mm -hmm. but look, he's still old. He now has a personal axe to grind. That's not necessarily what they're looking for in a president. They're still looking for a culture warrior, which you can find elsewhere. Mm -hmm. I I think that one of the uh, last time we saw each other was election night here. And I mean, I came in the Tiger Woods red shirt. I had the Tobo corn brought in. I mean, you know, I'm a hardcore data guy, hardcore analysis guy. I mean, I was convinced. All right, he's not on the ballot. So the 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 white suburban woman who was like, "I'll surrender America because the mean to make the mean tweets go away" that we apparently saw in the 2020 election yeah. has no more excuses. All right, yeah. and you're watching them pedo groom your kids at the library and yeah. the schools and every television show on Disney. Just about this is the moment now where finally, like 1994, which was 30 years ago yeah all right the last (laughs) remnant of the silent majority will rise up and say and and push back against this and man i was convinced convinced it was going to go down and i sat there and watched those returns come in throughout the course of that night getting increasingly dejected and so the the message to me was sent that the 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 cal the cavalry isn't coming the cavalry is what is, is what is the only thing left yeah. now now yeah all right it is we are in revival or bust there there is no layer of american that's not, like like generically with us but not t- really engaged yeah who like can be outraged enough into joining with us to push this yeah. back if because the idea that i'm going to watch them groom my kids and that's not going to move me to vote but What's likely an unjust persecution of a billionaire who, for paying hush money to a porn star that I already didn't like, 
That's the one. Now, now, now it, now it bring, now it comes home to me. I, I mean, I, I was pushing back on that narrative yeah. right away. Mm-hmm. And if, if 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 we can speak about this theologically for a second, I, I think what you're watching, and this is the best we can do without God. This is the best we can do. America is no longer Republicans and Democrats politically. It has broken down in in, in a very, it's almost, a, it's very Roman, into a, a, a battle of dueling, D-U-E-L, dueling political cults. Um, and they're both Roman in nature. Um, the, the, the first one is the, the Nero cult, the spirit of the age is what I call it on my show. Or our colleague Oran McIntyre refers to it as the total state. The state is God. The state has replaced the church. Government is God. Um, government is in whom we live and breathe. I will comply with government edicts. To you know, that's that, and and historically, that is always the most dangerous cult. Whenever the state is weaponized to godlike status, more people die from that than anything else. All right, that and so that is the that's the by far historically and imminently the preeminent threat we face. But we are trying to fight it with another Roman cult, the hero cult. And Trump taps into this when he says things like, I alone can solve. If this happens to me, it destroys the country. I mean, listen, I thought that I, th- I think what's going on in New York is a complete and total sham. Yeah. It's funny, though. I still drove from my hotel over here this morning and people still went to work. It wasn't people didn't, you know, life goes on. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? My family's still pissed off that they're delayed at the airport. They weren't like, you know what? We don't have time to focus on the fact our airport's late. Donald Trump got indicted. I mean, it's just, uh, but, but. We, we need that hero, okay? And so this Trump is Julius Caesar. He's the only one that can beat back the invaders. Give him the keys to the city, all right? Yeah. Here's the problem. Caesar never gave back the keys to the city, right? okay? Um, and, and so that's essentially what's going on, is that you have the spirit of the age cult, and then you have the hero cult. And, and so for the last few years, there's a lot of conservative media I mean, I did. I, I interviewed a January 6th from, his, from federal penitentiary just a few months ago, and that's finally what got me on the, the, the radar of the news guards and those kinds of people trying to get me canceled was daring to step on that shibboleth, okay? But for the last few years, those, the, the actual Trump supporters don't matter. They were left behind to rot for th- the last few years in those jail cells and barely got talked about, barely got spoken about. They don't matter. Okay, the suffering of actual Trump supporters, 10,000 small and family businesses, Allie, were permanently erased by the lockdowns he initiated. The suffering of actual Trump supporters doesn't matter. Only the suffering of Mr. Trump. That is a cesarean cult. And that's not populism. That's not where he is a vessel for you. That is where you are a vessel for him. That's the point that I was trying to make yesterday is that I don't want, and I think a lot of people that I've talked to don't want someone with only a personal axe to grind. Okay, Mm -hmm. I heard some people say, well, his personal axe to grind is also my axe to grind. I, you know, I really want him to go in there and destroy the powers that be. But I mean, he did it last time. Mm -hmm. And I say that as someone who voted for Donald Trump twice, who is very thankful for a lot of the things he Mm -hmm. did, probably the greatest pro-life champion that Mm -hmm. we've ever had in the presidential office, even more than Ronald Reagan, if you're looking at actual policy. Mm -hmm. So I'm very thankful for that. But I don't really want someone whose agenda centers on him and getting people back for what they did to him. Yes, there, there could be, sorry, some trickle-down effect positively for us, but not enough. Like, I really want someone who's not thinking about themselves at all, who is only thinking about us. And by the way, like, Trump is someone who is 
you know, going to log cabin Republican, you know, celebrations and yes, and things and things like that. So I'm like, look, I don't even know if we're necessarily in line. Uh, in line, are you going to fight the battles that I really think need to be fought? I I just I don't know, and I think a lot of Christian women, and I'm not talking about the Christian women who didn't vote for him, mm-hmm. who are like, oh, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. I'll just vote Democrat. I'm talking about I my it. group. Yep. Um, I think they want someone even stronger, mm-hmm. someone with a better vision, a bigger vision than himself. So I think you're right. I think that right now, I wouldn't even wager he'll be on a ballot. Um, Do you think he's going to prison? I think it is. I think you should. We're, we're in an age where, I mean, look at what we've seen the last few years. Look at what we've seen from, I mean, Rasmussen came out with a poll over the weekend. And they're one of the most accurate pollsters of the last few years. You know, I keep track of this stuff. Yeah. They are. 11% of American households believe someone in their home died of COVID. Wow. 10% of American households believe someone in their home died of the COVID vaccine. Mm. That was a Rasmussen poll that came wow. out last weekend. The idea that, that you couldn't, wouldn't be able to take your children to school without a mask. The idea that you couldn't serve in the military unless you took an experimental injection um, and that they would just completely ignore the, 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 the escalating risk, risk factors within the, their own epidemiological database, that we just open the southern border and let it be a fentanyl human trafficking uh, trading post essentially we just let chinese spy balloons just meander over over the skies yeah that we just we that, joke about it yeah, yeah. We, the pop the populist republican president would say let's decide which businesses are essential or non-essential and only the big box stores are essential your mom and pop stand isn't i mean the stuff that we have been through the last few years i think we should put everything on the table and we need to you need to, you need to see your enemy i see we're still fighting a political fight we're, we're over here acting you know looking ahead to the next election <laughs> They made up 34 felony counts yesterday in a court of law. And of, and of, and of all the, the, I think there's four or five of these criminal proceedings going on against him right now. This is the weakest one. Hmm. Like if, if I'm Merrick Garland and I think I've got him dead to rights on holding classified documentation, and I, you know, which is another sham. But I'm, I'm, again, look at it the way the people who are going to make these decisions are looking yeah. at it. Not the way we look at right, it. Look right. at it the way they do. If I'm Merrick Garland and I'm like, hey, man, if this Manhattan DA is going to put on 34 felony counts for whether he paid hush money to a porn star, what am I going to do down here at the, for, on a federal level for mishandling of classified documents? You know what I'm yeah. saying? I mean, if that's the baseline, if that's the new political baseline, not legal. This is none of these are legal proceedings. If that's the new political baseline for the, where the Overton window is now, if you're Merrick Garland, you're like, well, hell, man, let's just go ahead and try him for treason while we're at it. Yeah, I, I think you're looking at a year of of of, yeah. of court proceedings. I think that they did this and they did this with issues and now they're going to do it with our with our people they're going to say we'll do whatever we want and we dare you to go find an appellate court or the supreme court later to say we can't do that i mean poor jack in denver is on how many what's this his fourth case now going to the supreme court they they keep they keep coming after him even though they keep losing why we dare you to beat us again because there's a level there's a there's a mob outside lot's house level of commitment there and so i think the idea that i wouldn't be looking at any polls or anything of that nature you need to ask yourself a serious question are is he going to legally be on a ballot like could they could they stretch this out so that in certain states there's an injunction against him running and he couldn't get the delegates necessary according to gop bylaws to become the nominee i think you i think you need to understand this is a brave new world and it has been for a while 
Mm-hmm. Okay, and it's because nothing. It's because nobody got punished for what they tried to do with Brett Kavanaugh. Nobody got punished for what they tried to do with Russian collusion. Nobody got punished for what they did in the 2020 election. I mean, most of the people that did the worst acts during COVID all got reelected. Okay, mm-hmm. no one's been punished for anything, yeah. and so they're just going to c- continue to ramp this up. So here's my question: because you said two things that I agree with, and I wonder if they, if you believe that they go hand in hand, or if they're somehow opposed to each other. Because you've talked about how the right is kind of erroneous looking to the next election. We're looking for some kind of political salvation. Mm -hmm. And yet you have said, and I think correctly, that this is no longer a nation of laws. It's a nation of political will. Mm -hmm. And the things that you just listed that, okay, no one's getting punished for these things, not to mention the corruption that pre-existed 2016. If you're looking at someone like Maxine Waters Mm -hmm. or Nancy Pelosi, Mm -hmm. how they've lined their pockets, Eric Swalwell, I mean, Adam, all these people either pre-2016 or in the past few years absolutely have done things that are legally questionable. So the political will sides almost entirely on the left, at least on the federal level. We're seeing some changes when it comes to some really strong Republican governors. But so on the one hand, it does seem like there seems like there needs to be a political power correction Mm -hmm. made by Republicans. Like, for example, like, why isn't there any retaliation when it comes to what's happening to Trump, why isn't there some kind of DA somewhere in a Republican state saying, okay, let's bring it Hunter Biden. We've got enough here. Like, why don't we do something similar? But then on the other hand, you're saying, well, this is spiritual, Mm -hmm. right? This is more of a like revival or bust type thing. I just happen to agree with both of those, but I don't know necessarily how those wed together. Does that all make sense? It it absolutely makes sense. I mean, Two, two Saturdays ago, Twitter became an apocalyptic wasteland that if Ron DeSantis did not offer extradition protection for Donald Trump, this was the end of America. Yeah. Okay? And he ended up doing then that, Then he ended right? up doing it. But he, I okay. argued on my podcast that he couldn't really do that, well, but he I would did, argue right? I would argue that the social compact is broken. So you can kind of do, so whatever do whatever you, you want. want to. I mean, it's yeah. the Wild West. I, I'm not, I, I love the Constitution. It's not a suicide pact. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to hold myself to a... The, the Constitution is a social compact. There are very few people and only on one side that really Correct. care about it. And so this is a little bit like, hey, dude, she left you. She's doing... She's on OnlyFans and, mm-hmm. and she's been gone for three years. She's not coming back. The, the marriage compact between the two of you is broken. Move on, brah. Yeah. Okay? That's kind of what the Constitution is at this point. It is, we we want to like hold ourselves accountable to a document that they have already shredded figuratively and literally. And so there's no way to enforce it because half of the social compact won't abide by it. So it, all your, all your, it's a self-limiting principle. So it, it's a little bit, it's, I made the same argument about Trump and Pence. I mean, I, I don't believe that Pence had the right to uphold, to withhold the election, to not certify the election. Should have done it anyway, because the thing was a crock. All right. I mean, I, when, when, when you violate a norm of that magnitude, for example, I don't have a right. If I'm angry with you, I don't have a right as a private citizen to shoot you. Right. But when you take your grievance to, against me into my home and threaten my person and my family with it, the social compact makes an exception and says, now you do. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Because you have crossed a line here that is that is not how we are to behave with one another if we are living in community with one another. They've crossed that line like four, 666 times. times. Yeah. And we barely Ironically, cross it at all. Ironically, especially in Alvin Bragg's district, you can't really defend yourself without no. facing charges of attempted murder, which has happened multiple times there. So, but. so DeSantis grants him the protection. Yeah. Trump should have taken it. 
I'm not and so gonna, Trump didn't, right? No, he did not. He ref, he Trump, extradited Trump himself. Is still campa- he is using this all as a campaign That's against DeSantis, by yeah. the way. Yeah. And DeSantis, I think, understands that, is really trying to walk the line, which yeah. I, I feel for him. I feel for Donald Trump, honestly, just like personally in a lot of ways. It makes me sad to yeah. see this happening to him. I also feel for DeSantis in a political sense. This is, this is tough. He's be, being unfairly kind of pushed into this and i think he's he's doing the best that he can see i would have uh, i would have actually let's do a better hero cult if i were running donald trump's operation i said hey got junior in florida having my back because he knows what time it is yeah right right. let's have all these other republican governors i'm going to come to your state and do a rally they're going to try to extradite me for a sham are you going to allow them to do that in your state let's put them all to the loyalty test yeah and see see that's the thing if we're going to have a hero cult if we're going to have a, a Julius Caesar hero cult, then let's lay waste to the enemy with it. Yeah. I mean, Caesar did protect the city. That's why they gave him the key. I don't know okay? how. Let's, not, goes, just sell, let's yeah. just not sell freaking t-shirts. Right. Let's just not have, hey, let's turn this into a fundraiser. Okay? And I more mean, memes. Yeah. Is your hero cult really for a grift? Or are we going to, if we're going to just be a hero cult, fine. Let's be a really good one then. Let's earn all that animosity. Let's earn all those. If Donald Trump, if Donald Trump put all Republican governors to the loyalty test and said, I'm coming to your state, I dare you to let him extradite me in your state and show your people what a coward you are, would they call him, they call him all the same names yeah, and say all the same things about him they were, they're already saying now. And so that's, this, that's been my issue with this era is in the end, overall, it comes down to being about him. Yeah, and, it, and, 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 and in the end, it comes down to we're going to sell T-shirts and we're going to raise $8 million as opposed to actually putting on an exercise that punishes these people. Yeah. And, that's, and that's, that's why we're going to lose on, yeah. the, on the trajectory we're on. That's why he, he won one election. This doesn't get said enough. He won one election by 78,000 total votes in four states. Miraculous. Total. Not like in each state. Total votes in the four most decisive states. Since then. People watched the Kavanaugh scam. People won't put up with that. They turned around and we lost 40 house seats in the very, like a month later. It wasn't even like they, they forgot about it. The Kavanaugh stuff went down in August of 2018. A month later, there was an election. Democrats gained 40 house seats. All right. Then there's the infamous 2020 election. Then he's not even on the ballot. And the issues are even starker. They've grown even more radical on the other side. This, that was an overwhelmingly status quo incumbent, pro-incumbent election. In the last three elections since Trump got in the White House, so when Trump took over in January of 2017, Republicans, or there were the fewest amount of elected Democrats in America than there had been since before the Great Depression, 100 years. Since the 2016 election, Republicans are minus 21 in U.S. congressmen, minus eight in governors, minus three in U.S. senators. Now, there's a lot of people to blame for this, yeah. okay, including people like Mitch McConnell and everybody who were in power before Trump got here. But it's very obvious. Now, maybe there is no, there is no path that we could show people politically. Maybe we, there isn't a better way to do it. I don't know. What I do know, though, is the current path of the choice is technocratic, soulless Republicans like Mitch McConnell who don't care about anything other than corporate grift and mm-hmm. globalism mm-hmm. or Donald Trump's personal grievances. Here's what the data shows. The American people don't care about either one of those right. things. They're exactly. not interested in voting for I either one of them in mass. That that's has been clearly demonstrated. That's well, the, the, that's the data. That's all that's that's all that matters in the end.
And to kind of bring it back to the question, I was thinking as you were talking about King Josiah and how King Josiah, when he came into office, the young king started at eight. I think it was mm-hmm. a few years later, but still very young when he laid waste to mm-hmm. all the idols. And look, before anyone calls me out, I'm not saying that America is Israel. I'm not saying that we're looking necessarily for King Josiah. I'm looking I'm looking at that as an example of a combination of political will and spiritual revival. Mm-hmm. I do think spiritual revival is fundamental and absolutely necessary for yep. things to well, change who inspired long King Josiah. Term. Exactly. The, the priest, Hilkiah, went to him and said, exactly. I have found the law of God. We are not following right. it. So yeah. it is a both and. And so I think spiritual revival and spiritual change can motivate leaders to make good changes. But look, I, I always say that culture is downstream from politics or, or politics is downstream from culture and culture is downstream from theology. But there is the power of political will and policy change that can actually move the Correct. needle. Like if you look at gay marriage, for example, it was the law that changed before the majority of Americans decided they were in favor of it. Yep. A burger fell happened when still 60% of Americans said that they weren't in favor of gay marriage. So there's something to be said about someone getting in power, making decisions and saying, no, we're going to go this direction direction that actually pulls the Overton window back over. Correct. Now, that's going to be really difficult. When this whole like drag queen in front of kids started circulating on Twitter and everything, I so foolishly and naively said, oh, let's see Democrats defend this. They're never going to be I able to defend this. I did too. The, well, it went, you know, naturally... That's not happening. And now we're in the, it's good that it is happening. It needs to happen all the more. It needs to happen so much more. Mm-hmm. And the Country Music Awards, mm-hmm. we're going to celebrate that. And so I am so naive, I guess, or I was, but now I realize it's going to take a really, really strong movement, not industry, as mm-hmm. you said, to push the Overton window back over, which, as you said, is completely impossible without an accompanying accompanying revival and heart of repentance. I want to address the politics that flows down, because that's the Andrew Breitbart maxim. And um, it's a, it's brilliant, and it's true, but it's it's true for us. It's not true on the left. Mm, yes. Well, on, the, on, the, on, the, on the left, when they get elected, they don't care what culture does. They do what they believe, and culture moves. On the it, Politics is downstream from culture on the right. It, it took 30 years to get mm. Republicans to actually pass meaningful pro-life legislation. People people in audiences like ours did all the heavy lifting, and yeah. now suddenly every even the rhino governor of Indiana, okay, who s- sucks on every every imaginable piece of policy you care about, yeah. signed pro-life legislation, right? right? And so what on the right that is how it works. We have to we have to terraform culture. We have to move heaven and earth Okay, to make it so simple yeah. that now for all their forty nine years yes, we have to yeah, do that. Yes, that they don't even have to frost the cake. Like literally, we will frost the cake. We will buy the frosting. Can you put the the for sale uh, thing inside the cake after we do all the work and put it in the display? That's how it works on the right. All right, now, <laughs> and they still don't do it. <laughs> now in Florida, what you've seen is an interesting example of how the left operates. Yeah, he just ex- he just executes power. And I'm going to do what I think is right. I won by 30,000 votes. I don't care what the polls say. I'm going to do what I think is right. If I win, I win. If I lose, I lose. And what's happened is you've watched now the fulcrum of a state culturally move to the right as a result of that. I mean, he, I mean that at this point, Florida is redder than your state. Yeah. And that happened in one term because he actually governs the way Democrats do. All right, you come against me, I'll punish you. I'm just going to act. All right, you don't do what I want, I'll fire you. I'll replace you. I'm just going to act. And then I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to bellow. I'm not going to tweet. I'm not going to threaten. I'm not going to do news shows. We're not going to debate it so that you have time to gin up 
news cycles and, and weeks and months yeah. worth of resistance. I'm just going to act and make it normal. And now you're on defense. Yeah. And that's what they have done to us for decades. And I think that they're drastically, the, the country dramatically needs a generational changeover. Um, you know, I, I mean, the boomer generation has been collectively the most destructive generation in American history from the birth of the counterculture. And now it won't let go. Think of how many of our great evangelical ministers are in their 80s, and you don't know who their successor at their ministry is. As soon as I say that, you have names in the back of your head. You know <laughs> yeah, who I'm do. talking about. I thought of two yeah, people immediately. Yeah, and, and they're great men of God, but you have no idea. Who are, who are, do you know who, they're, who they've been mentoring to take over? Do you have Mm-mm. any clue? We don't no. know. We, who, who, what's the next generation of leadership that we have been? Nothing. Not, they won't let, do you know the Rolling Stones are going to go tour again this summer? The Rolling Stones are. They buried their 81-year-old drummer, I think it was a year ago, Charlie, whatever his name is, all right? Yeah. And they're going, I mean, this as a generation, they will not move on. Yeah, and but I, we don't offer that many good replacements. No, we Which don't. is probably why they have anxiety about And it's a that. self-fulfilling prophecy. They yeah. won't groom replacements, so they won't leave room for replacements, and we don't have many replacements, and then they don't want to let go because they see the lack of replacements, and so on and on and on yeah. and on and on it goes. And yeah. that's, that's a major problem that we have on a cultural level right now, generationally. Yeah. And you referenced the Constitution. And let me be clear about this. I love the Constitution. You love the Constitution. I'm glad you know it. But please stop thinking about that document as something that is going to protect you, as something that, frankly, matters at all anymore. I don't take any pleasure in saying that at all. But it's true. This is The Jesse Kelly Show. Jesse Kelly Show. Let's have some fun. Jesse, it's my understanding that, that George Soros has been banned from entering or living again in some countries. Can we do the same thing? Is that something America can do, or is that something, or is that not something our Constitution or the people will back? And if it's something we can do, why is it we have not acted on it all these years? Keep up the great work. Okay. Well, one, let's understand one thing clearly, very, very, very clearly. America can do whatever it wants, whatever it wants. And you reference the Constitution. And let me be clear about this. I love the Constitution. You love the Constitution. I'm glad you know it. But please... Stop thinking about that document as something that is going to protect you, as something that, frankly, matters at all anymore. I don't take any pleasure in saying that at all, but it's true. You know, let's get right into this Nancy Pelosi thing. Here's a headline from Fox News. Nancy Pelosi roasted over... I'll I'll come back to Soros. Believe me, it's along the same lines. Nancy Pelosi roasted over Trump indictment tweet saying he has a right to prove his innocence at trial. And everyone's dumping on that, saying that's not constitutional. What are you talking about? That's not the law. You know what I think when I hear that? 
it honestly, it makes me laugh. It makes me cry. It makes me cringe. And not on Nancy Pelosi's behalf. Nancy Pelosi's out there speaking about power. She's out there speaking about reality. We got our communist DA in New York City to arrest your guy. He can try to prove his innocence at trial. And the right, the right that is all, always seems to be 20, 30 years behind the communists, has once again lamely rolled up. Yeah, she's so stupid. That's not it. That's not constitutional. Do you think, you think Nancy Pelosi cares what's constitutional? Do you think Alvin Bragg cares what's constitutional? I, I am glad that you have your pocket constitution. I actually, I really am. It is a wonderful document. I'm not disrespecting it. I'm disrespecting people who still think it matters at all. Take your pocket constitution down to the New York City DA's office and hand it to Alvin Bragg so you can watch him wipe his rear end with it. Your constitution, the constitution itself, Yes, it is supposed to be the law of the land. Yes, it's a wonderful document. Making sure the government is limited. Yes, yes, all those things are 100% true. The Constitution, we all must understand, is simply a contract. And many people who lead the nation, if not all of them, have opted out of it. When all the powerful people opt out of it, why do we still bring up the Constitution anymore? Why are we thinking about, and why are we even dreaming about limiting ourselves with the Constitution anymore? So let's go back to your question. By the way, Chris, I want you to dig something up for me. I'm, I'm sorry I forgot to do it. This would have helped me make my point if I knew I was going to go off on this at the beginning of the show. Recently, it might have been this week or last week, one of Joe Biden's nominees for one of the high courts didn't know what Article 5 was in the Constitution. Dig that up for me if you wouldn't mind really fast. Anyway. Back to my point. So when we think about things like deporting George Soros, and let's go off on that for just a moment. George Soros was not born here. George Soros is a foreign-born billionaire who not only has spent billions of dollars creating civil unrest within the borders of the United States of America, he brags about it. He pens articles in the New York Times. He sits down for television interviews, not only bragging about what he did, exclaiming, proclaiming that he intends to do it again and again and again. And it's one of those things. You know how I played that cut last night? I'm not going to play it again here. But you remember how I played that cut last night of Defense Secretary Austin saying he has no regrets about the pullout of Afghanistan? And what did I say about it? I said it sounds small. Not that it's not a big deal, but it sounds small. But it's a great indicator of how much trouble we are actually in. It's a great indicator how much trouble this nation is in that George Soros hasn't been purged from these shores. You've heard me say it before if you've listened to this show for a long time. But I'll say it again. No nation, no significant nation and the history of mankind would uh, would allow a foreign-born rich guy to not only spend a fortune to create unrest in their cities, to brag about it. All of them would have handled the problem. Many of the old school ones would have just killed him. They wouldn't even thought about it. Trial, banishment, they'd have just gone and killed him. 
I'm glad we're not that kind of nation. I'm glad the world has changed, but we can't banish him. We can't banish him from our shores. We can't strip him of his citizenship, ban him from our shores, and promise to imprison him when he comes back. Any serious nation that was interested in surviving would do that. Now back to your question about the Constitution. Does the Constitution ban us? We have got to set aside the Constitution. And I know you've never heard that on conservative radio, if that's what you consider this before. But my goodness, we're worried. Well, can we deport George Soros? Is it constitutional? Listen to this. This guy's getting ready to sit on one of the highest courts in the land. I don't think he's ever read the Constitution. Judge, on the far end, uh, tell, tell me what Article 5 of the Constitution does. Article 5 is not coming to mind at the moment. Okay. How about Article 2? Neither is Article 2. Okay. Do you know what purposivism is? Um, in my 12 years as an assistant attorney general huh? and my nine years serving as a judge, I was not faced with that precise question. Yeah, yeah. Nine years as assistant attorney general. Oh, how many? 12 years as a judge, did she say, Chris? I think she just said 12 years as a judge. Yeah. What's Article 5? Oh, Article 5? Of, of what? USA Today? I don't, I, I, Article 5? I don't know. There were articles? Okay, what about Article 2? Maybe you're just having a brain fart. Ooh, Article 2? Gosh, how many are there? Huh, I didn't. Man, I don't know about that one either. We walk into battle every day on the right. And we walk into battle with this, this wonderful list of rules. And it really is a great list of rules. Hey, you, I won't do this and you can't do that. And we won't do this and we won't do that. And man, we are proud of that list of rules because that list of rules has made for some great games, hasn't it? It's been fantastic for our sport overall. And it's been some great games. But we walk into battle with this list of rules every time. And they walk into battle and we present this list of rules to them. Here, hey, look, these are our rules. And they look at it and say, oh, oh that's hilarious. Those are your rules. Those aren't my rules. Not my rules. And we say, no, 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 that's it. It's the Constitution. And I say, no, that's your Constitution. I've never even read it, nor do I care about it. Those aren't my rules. Go ahead, stick with your rules. I'll do with no rules. No, but it's not constant. We, we, we continue to come back to it as if it will save us. The Constitution ain't coming to save you. It's not. George Soros to be purged from these shores. A Republican AG should have already issued an indictment for a Democrat. Now, you know what, Chris? I'll bring that up in a minute about the Japanese in World War II. It's, it's one of the great examples. And I'm not being hard on you who wrote in and referenced the Constitution, lady. I'm really not, or any of you who have. I, I understand. I'm being hard on the right as a whole, thinking that it's coming to save them or thinking that we even need to ask that question. We have a foreign-born billionaire causing murder and mayhem and arresting our political friends in this country. Get him out permanently. Get him off our shores. All right. The Jesse Kelly Show. It is the Jesse Kelly Show on a Friday, reminding you you can email the show during the show. 
jesse at jessekellyshow.com jesse at jessekellyshow.com it's gonna be such a good night i'm already having so much fun remember don't be the only one who plays by the rules and this is what i get well jesse i want to be i want to be i want to be the good guys okay i'm glad you do that is good what do you think makes a good guy i'm just i'm just asking what do you think makes a good guy let me ask you something. When you think about World War II in the Pacific, would you consider the Marines the good guys? The Japanese the bad guys? It'd be pretty hard to argue anything else. I realize war can get complicated, but given how the Japanese conducted themselves with women and children in that war and the things they did, it'd be hard to argue the Japanese were anything but the bad guys there. Okay. So you consider the Marines the good guys. If you were a Marine and you were fighting the Japanese on those islands, you know, especially when you got closer to Japan, as you got closer and closer to the mainland, you were going to start encountering civilians. And did you know that the Marines would fairly regularly have to kill those civilians because the Japanese would use them as human shields. They'd find young mothers because they knew American values. They'd find young mothers and their babies and their children, then they haul them into caves with them. So the Marines would be hesitant, obviously, to be chucking grenades and stuff like that in there. And the Marines would try to go in and get them out the other way, and then the Marines would die, and eventually the Marines would realize, I have no choice. I've, I've got to just kill everyone in the cave. You want to hear a Marine talk about that, Remember, I've told you before, the greatest documentary ever. It's virtually impossible to find. I don't own it. I, I watched it very blurrily on YouTube one night. I don't know how to get a hold of it. The BBC did it. It's called Hell in the Pacific. It's not a not the movie. I know there's a movie called Hell in the Pacific, but the BBC did a documentary, greatest documentary I've ever seen, on the Marines and fighting in the Pacific and the Brits and fighting in the Pacific and things like that. And I believe it's at the opening of the, the documentary. I haven't seen it before, but a Marine who's there, who was there, was sitting down being interviewed. And he referenced something. I don't want to put words in his mouth, but he referenced something about having to blow up women and kids in a cave. And he finishes it off by saying, if that makes you mad, so I don't care. We were there. You weren't. We want to think that the good guy means we never, ever, ever have to get our hands dirty. But that is so painfully naive. That is, that is, that is the result of a feminized American society, a watered down American history, unbelievably watered down. Like our found, even our founding, even if you get a teacher who's outstanding, some teacher who's going to teach you history and they'll teach you about the founding of the nation and the declaration of independence and the constitution and all that. And those things are wonderful and you want to learn those things. But Americans, especially the right, they will grow up believing that the Constitution gave us our freedoms. No, your freedoms were given to you by some rough man who spent his off hours drinking in a tavern, but he actually grabbed the musket and stabbed a couple British soldiers in the face, and that's the reason you're free today. That's the hard truth of it. Can we, should we, is it constitutional to uh, do this or constitutional to do that? Do they seem stressed out about the Constitution at all? Does that seem like something that's holding them back? It's not. 
And I've got news for you. Just like those Marines fighting the Japanese. Thankfully, ours is a culture war. I'm not having to actually kill anybody. Don't kill anyone, by the way. But thankfully, ours is a culture war, not that. But just like those Marines, you're going to have to play by their rules. You are going to have to adjust how you fight to play by their rules. And the second option, if that makes you uncomfortable, is losing. No, I'm not going to throw that grenade in that cave. I'm not hurting any women and kids. Okay, That's very morally upright of you. I applaud you for it. You just killed how many of your Marine buddies who have to die now trying to get them out a different way? Are you still the good guy? If I have 10 Marines sitting beside me and I decide I just can't do that and I get my 10 closest friends killed in combat because I won't do that, am I still the good guy? At what point do I stop being the good guy and start being somebody who's either naive or a coward? We have got to wake up and realize what we're dealing with here.